Howdy, folks. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, the podcast brought to you by the Fangoria Podcast Network. You know, you want some info about the network or this podcast or other programs, how to find episodes of anything, including us, go visit Fangoria.com. Pat Walsh to my right. Hey-oh. Here for another contentious Maybe not. We this yeah. is as you mentioned before we started. This is the first time we're going in, not really knowing the other's opinion of the movie we're discussing. Yeah, I don't think I said anything to you, and I didn't even know you saw it till about ten minutes ago. But uh, we will be discussing "Don't Breathe." Yes, which is, uh, I guess, with lights out and all these, which I didn't see yet, unfortunately. But um, there's so many titles like that that every time I want to say the title of this movie, I either say it wrong or forget what it is. It's a very generic horror title. Uh, something just dinged. I think my text message came. Yep, there we go. Okay. Oh, louder. I hear that. Do you hear the dings? Of course I do. I love this, man. I, don't you love when people... What is the thing? Now, you heard three dings because <laughs> I forgot to mute the speakers here. And the and the podcast or the, uh, the text messages I was receiving were coming through the speakers. But you heard three dings. Right. Because these people these days, these goddamn people, yeah. won't consolidate their text messages. What is I, this shit where it's 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 a sentence and then a word and then another thing and then another word and then another sentence? Put it all in a. Think about what you're writing first. What, what this guy was doing is correcting because he autocorrect corrects everything. So when people be like, "I meant this," "I meant this," "I meant this," "I meant this," just assume the other person knows what you meant. Unless it says, like, I want to finger you, and it was supposed to say, like, I want to talk to you. Um, but, yeah, I have friends who will send ten texts to say something that you should say in one. I, if I got a lot to say, I say it in a giant paragraph. Not everybody has the uh, the all-inclusive plan. It's I absurd. do. I, I'm a man of great wealth and taste, but many don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's absurd. It's It's, come on. I agree. Come on. I agree. Think about the goddamn thought first. We don't need a... I hate texting. I hate it. Phone I call. It. We're in and out. It really repaired my relationship with my father, uh, texting. We don't have to talk. It sounds, sounds like it's repaired for all the wrong, in all the wrong ways for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You know, doesn't sound like a good repair to me. Sounds like an old Band-Aid fix. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what the Irish people and the Catholic people do. What is with the Irish people with the with the emotions? You guys really it's don't rough. like to, it's to real share rough. them or talk about them. What is where does that come from? Is that from when you ran out of the potatoes? I think it's from the, when we ran out of potatoes. Yeah, there's that line in the, in the Departed: the the Irish are the only people that are impervious to therapy, and I feel like that might be true as well. You know. No, they're just a really closed off uh, group of people. I, I don't know why it is. But a lovable bunch. I was in Ireland. Sure. I was in Dublin for the Vodafone Comedy Festival a few weeks back. I made dear friends with some with some lovely Irish people out there. Yeah. They're wonderful. I'm going to Galway for Halloween weekend to do the Vodafone Festival up there. Okay. I can't wait. I can't wait to see these people again. I feel like as I... I feel like uh, John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. These are people like, if I remember trapped in Galway, I'll be like, I know a guy. He owes me a favor. Sure, sure. And, and, I'll, and we'll have a place to sleep, you know? Did you make love to any fiery red-haired lasses? Uh, does last mean male or female? <laughs> Dealer's choice. 
<laughs> then yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're here today to talk about Don't Breathe. Don't breathe. I know just what you're breathing. Kept doing that the whole time I was in the theater in my yeah. head. Yeah, I can't help it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this movie couldn't have come with higher recommendations. It's you know. being very well reviewed, you mean? Very well reviewed, but also everybody I knew, aside from you, that had seen it was like, thumbs up, man. Well, I, I give it a thumbs up as well. I just oh. mean I didn't, I didn't talk to you about right. it. Right. I, uh, you know, especially for, for strolling into some horror movie off the street not knowing anything, I thought, hey, <laughs> the, the twist was kind of admirably crazy and it got nuts at the end. Which I respected and loved. Well, let's and that the first half I thought was very tense, and for me it it all pretty much worked. Before we get to the end and the yeah. middle and all that stuff, uh, f- this is just dawning on me now. This is probably a good thing to do. Maybe we just give a synopsis. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just realized we've never been doing that ever. Yeah, uh, I guess we will when we do discuss the end. We're gonna. I guess we'll have to give you some sort of spoiler alert. It's well, not, the, this whole thing's a spoiler alert. Uh, probably so yeah. pretty much but for those of you that don't know i'm sure all of you do but if anybody doesn't don't breathe is a story about a a down and out single mom who's gotta gotta make ends meet so she gets a a job in a diner with a sassy cook that doesn't take no for an answer and a group of waitresses that all like to shoot from the hip and the main one's name is alice and it's a real fun romp this <laughs> Do you think that our listeners know the show Alice? I kept being like, is Joe really describing the plot of the sitcom Alice? And he was. Uh, which which came first, Alice? or Alice was a sitcom based on the extremely depressing Scorsese film, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Yeah, it's a real dark movie, and yeah. then they turned it into this sort of saucy Yeah, it's sitcom. a great... Kiss My Grits comes from Kiss that, right? Kiss My Grits with Flo, yeah. and then you had that guy that... The only other thing I've ever seen him in was uh, was an episode of Tales from the Dark Side and that movie Lover Boy with Patrick Dempsey. Sure. Uh, the guy that's like, you gotta marry an Asian woman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy, yeah. He, uh, he's the he's the no-nonsense cook. Okay, no, I don't know if I've ever seen the show, but the movie is great if you want to see a different kind of Scorsese movie from early on in his career. Do they say kiss my grits in the movie? They do not. That's <laughs> uh, Harvey Keitel plays like an abusive, like uh, asshole pimp type character in it. Yeah, it's very different. And this is the what show. they turned into the sitcom. Yeah, exactly. That's Chris Christopherson. Like, that's like what they did when uh the the when when Ed Asner was on Mary Tyler Moore and then he had the spin-off, but it was yeah. like the gritty newsroom drama. It was like, what are you doing? It's very strange. I don't like when that happens. And I'll no. tell you another thing I don't like. I don't I didn't care for those wicked books. Oh, the wicked books, I don't know that anybody can finish those things. But did I, you like the musical? I didn't see the musical, and I heard yeah. the musical is is a disgraceful interpretation of the book. But I'll tell you something: the book, it had me sick to my stomach. They got the witch fucking dudes, and it's there's extremely graphic, de- de- descriptive sex sequences and things. Oh like, yeah, none what? of that is in the. Uh, the hell is this? None of that is in the musical. <laughs> I assure you. But that guy must have been so thrilled that he writes this smut, and then it makes him. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars as a musical yeah the musical is for like little girls little girls like yeah. for like 12 year olds yeah
Don't breathe in synopsis form. It's L- about a week. Let me do it. All right. You go ahead. Let me do it. it. It'll help sharpen my memory skills as well. So it's a woman and a kind of nerdy guy who kind of pines for her and then her actual boyfriend who's your standard movie scumbag drug dealer type. And the three of them break into homes for a living. She has a daughter. She lives with her seemingly abusive, checked out parents. And she wants to get out from under their thumb and provide a better yeah. life for her daughter. Well, her mom and her mom's deadbeat boyfriend. Yeah, boyfriend. Exactly. And the mom at one point makes a, a joke that her girlfriend <laughs> earns her money by sucking cock, which yeah. is See, dis- to, That's disturbing. her daughter. She tells her daughter, how so are you making money? And then does the universal cock sucking. And does it, does it, does it, does it, does it so, so sensually and so well. Yeah. I didn't know how to feel that, that scene. Um, so, yeah, they decide, hey, and this was all, this all happened very quickly. I liked how economical it was. It was a short movie kind of blasted through the plot points. But they're like, uh, we found this guy. There were some plot holes here, to be honest with you. But they wanted to rob a blind guy who's like 60 years old. He just came into a large settlement because his daughter was hit by a car and killed. They said they know he's got at least $300,000 in the house. And at that point, I was kind of like, why isn't this money in the bank? Did I miss that? How do they How do they know it's in the house? And why was it in the house? Are my two they, questions. They, they, had a series, they had a series of hunches as to why it could be in the house. Yeah. If I remember correctly, one of which was the fact that he lived in this, like, uninhabited part of town. Yeah. Detroit. You know, it was kind of like based around this idea of like this guy is an angry ex or an angry veteran uh, who's or a veteran who's angry because his daughter's been killed, doesn't trust the system, feels fucked over because the killer walked. So they're just assuming he'll have his money in his probably house. the kind of guy that keeps his money under the bed and not in a yeah. bank or whatever. But then when they get into the house, they still say they don't know for sure when they get into the house. There's all those locks at the front door right. when they get to the house, and they, say, they go, why are there four locks? And he says, because this guy doesn't trust anybody because he's got all his money in here, I'm telling you. Yeah. And then, surely enough, he does have his money in there. He does. They decide they're going to rob him. And then it goes horribly wrong. Yeah, the, the main obstacle uh, being that this guy has, has like military training and, of course, the standard, as in all blind movies, the heightened sense thing. And he also has a giant killer dog. He's got a giant killer dog. And really, in the end, I, by the end, the movie becomes Cujo. It's there. There's a 20 minute sequence where it's just dog on woman. <laughs> Not dog on woman, folks, but you know what I mean. That was the original title for dog the film. Dog v woman. Yeah, Dawn of Justice. Yeah. They uh, now here's the thing. Uh, that's 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 your basic plot point. And there's some heavy twists. Yeah. Oh, heavy twists. Uh, I like the movie. I thought it was well executed. I thought it was pretty airtight. Well shot, certainly. Very well shot. Very cool shots. Uh, you know, it, it was it was airtight. There was there were they they really didn't miss a beat or anything. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the fact that they threw a few twists into it, and it wasn't just a sort of hunt kill kind of thing. Uh, that all being said, I didn't leave the film feeling extraordinarily excited or same here or that I needed 
really to watch it ever again. No. But uh, but I did like it, you know, and I liked that Sam Raimi produced it. I liked that the guy that did, did the Evil Dead remake, which I really loved. I liked that a lot. Directed yeah. it, and I thought he did a bang-up job. Um, but, yeah, I guess it, it is kind of taking you back to that, especially with Daredevil being on the so popular right now on Netflix. It's kind of hard to get excited about a blind guy that could do, like, all this stuff because his sentences were so heightened, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is one of those, like... There's a, always like one comedy a year and one horror movie a year where you hear the premise and you're like, fuck, why didn't I think of that? But like, you know how these movies are always a deaf woman in the house and people are trying to kill her. What if it was the other way around? Like, it's a cool twist on that. The premise is good. And I I thought everybody in it was fine. Yeah, you know, I, good job. It, it looked like it cost almost no money. It's doing very well. I always like that kind of a story. I agree. I felt the same. I wasn't energized. I wasn't pumping my fist. It's not the kind of movie where you are necessarily cheering or jazzed about what's happening. Well, it's all kind of they are breaking into a blind man's home. One problem that I certainly recognize and I've heard other people point out about the film is everybody in the film sucks. Is a piece of shit. Yeah. Even the blind guy who you initially feel bad for turns out to be fucking lunatic yeah i was actually kind of wondering okay these three are kind of self-absorbed and kind of annoying and okay the girl has a daughter but i'm not really rooting for her right uh because she's robbing a blind man i was kind of like how are they going to put us on the side of these three sneaking into the house because they're doing something that's very wrong right and then sure enough they show you exactly how when uh, the first twist hits and you realize that this blind guy is a degenerate well, he, I, but he's, he's had some 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 struggles. Well, we could. I mean, we already said spoilers through the whole thing. I mean, yeah. so you, you, they get in. They they assume that this bolted up basement is <clears throat> the place where the money is being kept because of the amount of security locks on the door. Then they get into the basement and they realize, no, in fact, what's being kept there is a woman, the woman that killed his daughter, and walked free yeah and you find out she's tied up in a very kind of disturbing way in a room with like a bunch of cushions on the walls to muffle her screams yeah and it's it's a scene it's a disturbing scene uh and then you later find out that the reason she is there is because he is artificially inseminating her yeah to give him another baby since she took his baby from him right uh now this is where uh, my suspension of disbelief started to teeter a bit okay sure i mean this woman's in a sophisticated harness yeah uh inside this guy's house not just in his house in his basement uh which they make pretty clearly they show blatantly that the only way down into this basement from the inside is a ladder yeah not a staircase and the only way from the outside is uh, you know a traditional storm door, but there's like a sort of like a maze to get to where he keeps her. My point is, is I'm all for going into this idea of heightened senses and a guy being able to kick some ass. I, I was sitting there going, "How the fuck did he get her down there? Yeah, how did he find her? How did True. he get her down? He, he has he's, he has no ability to drive. Then she's also when they find her, she's clutching a newspaper article about what happened." I was kind of like, why does he have this lying around down here? Right. It's an issue. I Like in Misery, when she's got that book of all the clippings of like crime she's been involved in, 
it somehow doesn't really strain credibility because she's kind of like, you know, a bit of a fame seeker and it's just her own private album sitting in her house. This article like lying there to explain what she was the second they find her, I was kind of like, really? Did that happen? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't quite. Yeah, that's a great that's a great point. Uh, it, it was a little too convenient. It was like, how, how did he get her down there? Yeah, he and they they say they say flat out he lost his sight in the war. He didn't he didn't lose his sight afterwards. Yeah, he's he I don't think would be able to get her down there and tie her up. And, you know, he's also. Well, how did he he's get her, period? How did he he's injecting his semen into these women? And you're kind of like he's not even fumbling around the vagina like to find where it goes. It can be hard to find out how to get into a vagina when you're. Fully sighted and, well, and I, stone uh, sober. I suspect that's where the sense of smell kicked in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, yeah, on, she, she has been down there in that basement for It's an months. easy bit. Uh, uh, yeah, I, there was there was a lot of it where you're kind of like, okay, I thought the twist was going to be that he's not blind or something at that point. That's what I thought. And that, that brings me to another point I had about the movie. Uh, there there was a there was a part of me that thought does he really need to be blind you know i, I mean i think him being blind as far as the marketing goes is why that movie's a hit sure sure but probably not but you're dealing with two different movies at this point you're yeah. dealing with a guy that's blind who can defend himself you pick it the really wrong did, house there is a dividing line halfway through when they go to that basement and find her where it is a different movie i was like okay now i'm watching a different movie not enough from dusk till dawn kind of way, but I I liked that aspect of it. It felt I never got bored. Certainly, it was sh- it was short, quick, and the twists when they came really kind of set you on a new path. And I was I was on board. What about too the the thing you know the kid the the boyfriend character he releases the that gas yeah. in the guy's bedroom and and. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's lights out. He's knocked out. Don't worry about it. And then the guy's not. And they don't explain that. So I was like, did he? And he also acts startled when he realizes people are there, but startled, not startled like to the benefit of him tricking them, startled like genuinely fucking startled and reacting to it. Yeah. Shooting at the cell phone and all that kind of stuff. Because <clears throat> when that went off, I was like, well, am I to believe that A, it was a faulty smoke bomb or b that due to his military training he developed sensitivity to gases uh I, and they don't explain it but when he first alluded it because i was like obviously he's not going to fall prey to this trap or whatever right my assumption was he's faking like he doesn't know they're there mm-hmm. but he does right but then when he does encounter them again he it's not like he acts well, maybe he doesn't. I'm not remembering correctly, but I don't think he acts. He doesn't act frightened. No. And then tricks them and then beats the shit out of them. He like is like, oh, shit, somebody's here and goes into action pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Um, and I think like what they were doing through the whole movie is they sort of build this guy up to be this superhuman killer, like in the way you would a Freddy or a Jason, like he just keeps coming or whatever. You know, which is why I didn't like the ending. Like that that scene at the end where they, the, you know, the guy gets beat in the face multiple times with a fucking lead pipe or a crowbar or something, and then he falls backwards on flat onto his fucking 
tailbone, basically. The nerdy kid. No, 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 the guy. Oh, the guy. Because the nerdy kid also fell on his back. I mean... Yeah. At the very end, I'm talking about... Everyone in the movie takes savage, savage beatings and are shot multiple times, and everyone's fine, I guess, till they're not, but it's... They stretch credibility there. She beats him repeatedly with the pipe, and then the bad guy, and then he falls blind guy, and then he falls backwards onto his back, which would break your back. So, okay, fine. Then he's... She sees the news reel in the train station when she's about to get away, and she sees that, oh, no, he's alive. She's like, he's alive? Okay, fine. And then it's like, he sustained some injuries, but he's doing okay. And I'm like... That's absurd. Yeah. You would have literally have brain damage. And then on top of it, she's got this look on her face like where she's like, oh, my God, he's still alive. He could find me. And I'm sitting there going, what are you worried about? This guy's a fucking <laughs> blind guy. in the middle. Of, you're, you're home free. You're gone. You're, he's never going to find you. But then. But they are a million percent going to do a sequel. <laughs> well, there's, I would say there's no chance they're not. So they are going to have him. I guess I bet they'll amp it up even more. Him having some sort of super powers almost not not freddy's style because i think they'll keep it grounded enough that he's just a man but i think they'll try to play up the sense stuff because he's going to be traveling the globe to find her or they're going to and he will find her or there's no second movie or they're going to say this guy was black ops right he yeah okay so fine but here's the thing too she's so then i again i saw this movie with uh my friend james pinkstone who i often reference and we left the theater, and I said, I'm just a little confused. Why does she look scared at the end? He, he, she's home free. She's going to California, for Christ's sakes. Right. He said, no, that's not what it was. It's not that she's scared. It's that she realizes he's still alive and that the money she has is dirty because he's going to do this now to another woman. And I said, he's not going to do it to another woman. He did it to the woman who killed his daughter for justice, and then he tried to do it to her because she inadvertently made him kill the woman right he's not a lunatic in that sense he doesn't want to do this to women he wanted justice for his daughter yeah it didn't even occur to me that he wanted to knock up another woman no and then i read a i read the original ending Uh uh-huh when we got home and i was like dude i i hate to say it i was right the original ending of the movie was him walking through the train station yeah with his and i'm like this is all that you wouldn't buy at all this is absurd. Yeah. This is absurd. Yeah. He, he, you, you can't, you just can't do that. Like, how would he, how the hell would he even know what train she was on? <laughs> he would ridiculous. not. He would not. Part two, he's tracking her to California, though, guaranteed. Um, and I, you know what? If I'm sitting down right now and they gave me a week to write, don't breathe too, keep not breathing, then I would start still, it. Still don't breathe. Still don't breathe. I would start it with him kind of asking around town, finding out where where she lived, finding those that deadbeat couple that you hate anyway, the mom and the boyfriend, right. and they'd give her up immediately. They know where she went in California. They go in. If he kills those two, you don't care. They're deadbeats, and there it is. I mean, he can track her that way pretty easily. It's a good point. It's a good point. If you point. remember that. That's the thing. You know, when Don't Breathe 2 comes out two years from now, and he goes to that couple's house, I'll be like, what? What the fuck? Like, people have a, a real good memory for that kind of stuff. With a movie like this, the details <laughs> go away in a couple weeks for me. But it's like, in a sequel, like, 
if they oh, don't I, take I, the time to I tell remember. you what's going on, I'm like, what are we doing here? I remember. I'd like to cite the episode where Pat thought the movie Vacation was a straight-up remake yeah, of the original Vacation. Not that long ago. And Chevy Chase just happened to be in the movie <laughs> playing a guy named Clark Griswold. Yeah, because a year had passed, and I don't need to remember details of that, of a comedy. I'm just saying. That's how I feel. Uh, but I do remember Don't Breathe. I remember everything about it, and I think that's probably how they'll kick things off. Uh, that's a great that's a great uh, theory. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and that would help. That also, you know, I'm sure we're going to get people who say, like, blind doesn't mean you can't do anything. You can do a lot of things well, blind. Well, of course it doesn't mean that. But, but for, he doesn't know this girl's name. He doesn't know anything about them. That's what I'm saying. How does, she, how does he even find out where she lives? Yeah. How does he find the parents? I mean, that's you, true. Can, you, you can only sniff so much. He sniffs a lot in the movie. <laughs> But like it's you can't sniff your way to somebody's house. It could be me. I mean, if you want to get real stupid with it, I've seen stupider things in movies. He's out walking his dog and the dog's like starts going going wild because it smells the girl and brings her up to the door. You know, maybe that's it. It'd be I mean, stupid. That's pretty damn lucky. Yeah. No, it's I know. Pretty, is the dog alive? It was left in that car. I think the dog was alive. Does wasn't he it? get the dog? That shit too. I mean that that's straight up Cujo. That's you know the the dog in the car that went on and on and on. I was surprised by how much time was devoted to the dog because now it's not really a movie anymore about this blind guy coming after them. It's just a dog attack. <laughs> well, also too, this is your eye dog. Yeah, the exactly. dog that's good liable to murder somebody at any second. Anyone apparently who t- speaks. Around the dog, it tries to kill. Yeah. So, all right. It just try because it try it, it it tries to attack them before they even descend on the property. Yeah. It's like they're they're just in the neighborhood and the dog try like tries to attack them and it is Cujo style. It jumps up on the window. Yeah. And what then, did you think? What did you think was the benefit of of dragging, showing the the climax of the movie, him dragging the girl by her hair down the middle of the street. Why do they show you that in the beginning? I never understand that in movies. Why show me the ending at the beginning? Uh, that didn't bother me. I, I thought that that was I thought that was a nice misdirection of you think she's dead and then she's not, and it 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 goes right, past this point. I don't mind when a movie does that. What I did mind was a blind guy dragging a dead or a lifeless supposedly body behind him down yeah. a street with no cane or dog or anything and. Just right. walking perfectly to his front door. I mean, I come mean, how, on, man. How does it's he like even know he, where his house I mean, maybe is? Maybe he counts the steps. I don't know. I got a lot of questions about just blindness in general. <laughs> because I don't know how they do stuff. I, I'm very curious. Well, you it's you, you count steps. Yeah. I know that. But Obviously, I, it's, feeling, it's feeling, whether it's with a cane or your hands, it sounds and things like that. But my point is, is... You can count steps all you want. I, I guess that's the military thing, but I just don't believe that this guy. How does he find where their car is? Par- well, he goes to where the dog's barking. Right. But there's no fucking way in hell this guy has gone from the exact place their car was parked and counted those steps. Like, no. Why would he ever have a need to do that? No. He doesn't even know where that is. Exactly. It's not like he's like, oh, my dog's in the place my dog is always in. He's like, yeah. I'm going to the sound of my dog, and now where the fuck am I? I have to get home. Right. <clears throat> I think, to its credit, it moves so fast to not allow you to really 
think about those things. But yeah, when it ends, I think the reason you don't feel like you've seen some great movie is that you leave kind of going, but wait a minute. And it, as soon as you start picking at it, it does kind of fall apart. Well, yeah, I hadn't picked that until now, and now yeah. I'm getting upset. Now, I'm upset it didn't go in the direction also that I wanted it to go in, which I thought it was going to be a man that had like a booby-trapped house. Home Alone style. Yeah, like all kinds of contraptions. And then I thought at the end of the movie, he would call her into his office and he'd give her the house, like at the end of Willy Wonka. Right. And all of her dreams would come true. He'd be like, it's all yours. The money's all yours. You passed the test. Yeah. You know? I didn't mind. I wanted more out of that from you. I thought that was a very funny. No, I, I think that would have been a great film. <laughs> I didn't mind uh, the the twist in it, though, because to me, I was like, boy, I bet nobody expected this twist. And it wasn't like a fun twist. You're like, oh, God. And then it just kind of keeps getting worse. I mean, you you see at one point a, a giant vial full of jizz. It's a turkey baster. Yeah. And then she shoves it into his mouth. and She you know, shoves it in his mouth, and he gags on it, and caught, you see his own jizz come out of his mouth. Right. I didn't need to see that. And I'll tell you, though, to me, anytime you get a whole audience to go like, ah, then you've, you've really done your job. And the audience <laughs> reacted to that in a very big way. Right. Well, look, it's one of the reasons I have such immense admiration for the end of Pink Flamingos. I mean, it's... Sure. Yeah. I Yes, I do want to see you make somebody eat a piece of dog shit on camera. Like, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Somehow that doesn't offend me. The jizz turkey baster upset me a little bit. Oh, but it didn't upset me at all. That's what... Here's you know, the thing. Jizz... It's like when people saw something about Mary and people go out of their fucking heads. Uh, my... That scene, you know, I, I was an usher when that movie came out, and I used to, like, basically watch the entire movie, but I'd go in for the big scenes, the dog attack, the jizz in the hair, because you'd watch these crowds just lose their fucking mind. But I wonder why jizz is kind of such a last frontier for movies when 50% of your audience jerks off every day. Mm -hmm. The other 50% has been in contact with jizz or pissed it out of them or spat it out or washed it off their hands. A million times why is jizz this last frontier and also all these people watch porn right uh, wh what is it you know and when people get all up in arms about anything in a movie sex especially sex you all watch porn well pat it's a disgusting fluid i mean i don't know what do you want me to tell you it's like it's like why hasn't the the territory of period blood been tackled yet it's gross well it wasn't carrie <sighs> well it was pig's blood no, the, well, the beginning, she gets her period in the shower. I don't think they show the period blood, though. They do. And everyone yells, plug it up, and starts throwing uh, tampons at her. Where, where, where do you where do you see the blood, though? Is it going the drain? Down her legs and down the drain, yeah. All right, well, I mean, there's one movie that did period blood, and one other movie did come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, happiness had come, whatever. But I Disgu think... It's a revolting movie. I... I detest the film happiness i resent that it exists I, I resent that it exists i loved happiness so much but you know that's a movie where having it in my collection honestly worries me that 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 someone will see it and arrest me well i had little children in my collection sure. for a while that's gone that's long gone yeah 
a girlfriend gave it to me uh, years ago, and Julian McCullough said, have you seen it? And I said, no. And he said, you need to examine your relationship that your girlfriend <laughs> just gave you that movie. Yeah, I think we talk about that on here. I, I uh, agree. <clears throat> but I agree. I uh, happiness. We I've said it to you before. I got as far as the jizz hitting the wall and then him putting the postcard on it. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. But see, let me let me press you on that for one second. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You've watched in your life 10,000 hours of pornography. Yeah. Why does that bother you when you know it, this is actually fake and not being shot out of a penis? Because it's not. It's not a, a scene uh, of two people fucking consensually and enjoying it. It's a scene of a uh, fucking. Well, he's not. He's not fucking anyone. He's just masturbating. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's an immensely perverted shut-in who calls people and jerks off to their voices, <laughs> and then yells, "Is your pussy wet? Is your pussy wet?" As he comes on, it's just it's just so depraved. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's so gross. And it's like, it's not enough that, okay, there's this weird wrong number scenario. And then, oh, that's weird. And then you realize, wait, this guy's crazy. And then it's like, well, no, wait, that's not enough. No, wait, hold on. Now he's going to say, is your pussy wet? Wait, that's not enough. He's jerking off. Uh, and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. We're going to show <laughs> the cum hit the wall. We're going to cross cut that with Philip Seymour Hoffman's scrunched red face. <laughs> Of ecstasy, just, you know. And then if that's not enough, the, the cherry on top is he puts the fucking postcard on, over it. Yeah. And then and then goes and talks to his neighbor like yeah. he was fucking bacon cookie. It's just gross, man. And I know that's the point. This is what goes on behind closed doors in the suburbs. Yeah, no, I think, you I know, mean, it, it is shit. meant, obviously, to, to provoke a reaction out of you, but I... I was certainly shocked by it when I saw it in high school. I hadn't seen a lot of movies like that. But at the same time, people will really get upset about fluids and watch porn. I've never understood, personally. You know, that's it. I understand that, you know. I'm not upset about fluids. I'm upset about the scenario. Yeah. Porn is not somebody jamming a turkey baster filled with cum well, porn that's can, meant to rape and impregnate things. somebody. Yeah. Well, now he said, Joe, that he's never been around. Yeah, and then he, and then the guy is choking on his cum. <laughs> it's a different story. I also don't like the porn. I also don't like the porn where they, where like they take the girl's head and she's like, oh, bleh, no. bleh, 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 bleh. yeah, of course not. I, you know, well, I mean, the and girls the, doing those scenes a lot of time like that. Like, I don't like it. I don't care if she's into it or not. I don't like it. There is so much of that that there must be lots of people that like that, and that worries me and troubles me. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's there's a lot of things that trouble. Look, me, frankly, if you like it, you like it. Sure, but all of the scenarios I'm describing that I don't like. Yeah, well, I don't like that kind of porn. Even though the girls, some of the girls seem to like it, but right. Uh, but the things I'm saying from these movies that I don't like are things that are involving other people and depravity that and the people that don't want to be in those situations, and it makes it gross. Well, what you might not have gotten to if you stopped it after that is that at the end of happiness. The boy, the young boy, yeah. who's his father molested his friend. Yeah. He masturbates, and then excitedly he goes, I came! And he's all excited, because he finally got his chance to come. And then the dog comes in and eats the cum. And isn't this the same kid that asks his dad, why won't you molest me? Right, which they kind of did in Always Sunny as well, years later. I mean, it's just gross, man. It's I horrible. 
Yeah, no, Happiness is. Uh, and by the way, it's a like, fucked up movie, but I do love it. You can't. And, and and this is my thing with a lot of those Todd Solons. Todd Solons, yeah. Whatever, guy can do whatever he wants. I don't care. It's not for me. But you know, the defense for a lot of these types of gr- when gritty grittier cinema is, hey man, these things happen, and this is like, he goes into the to the to the minority of things that are of terrible things that are happening out there and then goes into the minority of the minority where even the molester would be like this is fucking gross dude why yeah. is his kid asking him that you know what i mean he goes into such a small percentile that it's like dude i i don't understand like how i'm in any way supposed to relate to this like i who is this for um well me apparently i mean i <laughs> i really did love happiness and i think i loved welcome to the dollhouse uh welcome to the dollhouse for me is one of the only movies where the bullying feels realistic to me whenever i see bullying in movies and it's not like the worst thing i've ever seen i'm like i don't relate to that i had it worse right the kids in the in the documentary bully i'm like no i had it worse than all these kids right i, no, I thought killed. welcome to the dollhouse was 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 good uh storytelling is half a good movie I was I watched half a Wiener Dog last night before I fell asleep, was it good? which is his latest. I enjoyed it. I uh, why isn't the same girl the girl? That bugs me. Why is Greta Gerwig suddenly the girl from Welcome to the Dollhouse? Well, I, I had just gotten to Greta Gerwig, but Wiener Wiener Dog uh, is essentially about a Wiener Dog. It's about I an know. actual dog. But Greta Gerwig's character is the girl from yeah, Welcome to the Dollhouse. That's true. So it's like, why isn't it just the other girl? He's done that a bunch. He did Life During Wartime, which was all the happiness characters played by completely different people. Uh, okay. So, you know, you know, that's tough on a guy like myself. But uh, <laughs> I did my best with it. What uh, you are know, you like, doing, Slons? This guy couldn't follow the latest Chevy Chase vehicle. <laughs> I think Paul Rubens played the Philip Seymour Hoffman role, although I'm probably wrong with that. Uh, we, By the way, we give a lot of wrong information on this podcast. I was, I was listening to an older one. And you talk so much about your love of Justin Lin and his direction of The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 and Dead Silence. And you're speaking about James Wan. Oh, yeah. Justin Lin is the other Asian director who did uh, Fast and the Furious and Star Trek and all that. No, but J- no, wait, James. W- wait a second. James Wan is horror. Justin Lin is Fast and the Furious. No, I thought I thought the guy that did The Conjuring also did Fast and Furious. No. Wait a minute. No. Well, Are you sh- I, I am sure. I'm just saying, folks, sometimes we say the wrong thing in here. We don't have a fact checker listening. Uh, don't be mad at us. He meant James Wan, who is a, a great director, as is Justin Lin. Uh, I'm just, hold on. I think that James Wan directed Star Trek, though. Justin Lin directed Star Trek. Uh, but yeah, Wiener Dog, you know, I'm watching it. It honestly felt sort of like a family comedy almost, which is very yeah, the weird. New one. James Wan directed the new one. No, he did Seven. Yes, he did. Justin Lin directed Fast and Furious 6. Hold on. That's what I meant. James Wan directed Dead Silence, The Conjuring, and The Conjuring 2. Hold on. Director. MacGyver TV. Yeah, Furious 7. Was Was who? James Wan. He didn't direct Star Trek. That's where I got confused. Who the hell directed Star Trek? The new Star Trek was directed by Justin Lin. Well, James Wan directed Furious 7. That's crazy. I got it on IMDb right here. You don't believe me? No, I do. 
I we're mixing them both up, which doesn't look good for us. <laughs> frankly. It's, it's, I had no idea James Wan had ever gone out of the horror world. Frankly. Yeah, he directed and that's why I thought he directed Star Trek three as well. But he didn't. That was Justin Lin. I got confused. I'm sorry. Okay, so James oh, Wan and did. Justin Lin also directed two episodes of True Detective, which I also got confused and thought that was James Wan. James Wan did Saw, Dead Silence, Death Sentence, Insidious, Conjuring, and then randomly Furious Seven, the only action movie he'd done. So that's that's confusing for All me. Right. Because Justin Lin also did a Fast and the Furious movie. He did Fast Six. Yeah, and he, I believe he did Tokyo Drift. He did Fast and Furious. Yeah. And I think he did Fast and Furious 6. Okay. All right. Why do you think he did Tokyo Drift? Racist. I thought he did do Tokyo Drift. I'm joking. Drift. I'm saying why did you... I'm making a joke. Justin Lin did Better Luck Tomorrow, which was like uh, a pretty cool uh, Asian heist movie. Yeah. All right. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Well, Even though we seem more confused when we start. Wrong information constantly. But what, what can you do? Uh, Wiener Dog, uh, you know, it's like very tame. Uh, yeah, it's like a, it's like a cute, it's like a Greta Gerwig movie, right? Yeah, it's like there's the fine. I'm watching it, not seeing any signs of Todd Solondz, and then the kid feeds the dog uh, something you shouldn't, and the the dog has so much diarrhea that I honestly was starting to get a little sick, and I fell asleep shortly thereafter, but. There's a, but that's even supposed to be funny, right? Yeah, but there's a Monty Python level of diarrhea. Yeah, and Danny DeVito's in it. Danny DeVito has not been in it yet, so I, I still have more to go. He but. is in it. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. Well, you think even Todd Solondz has, has got to hit a wall eventually? You where would he think. Goes, I'm tired of the end bombs and yeah. the cum shots. Yeah. And, and the, by the way, Justin Lin did direct Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. I didn't say he didn't. Okay. I was just making a joke that you were saying an Asian guy directed Tokyo Drift. And two episodes of True Detective, bringing yeah. it back full circle. All right. Let's go to some questions about, uh, uh, I almost said noises off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can answer any question you have about noises off because I love it. About don't, don't breathe. Uh, my... Uh, my friend John Kensel sent me a video for some reason. I don't. I, let's go back to that because I don't know if that's actually a question. The video is titled "My Dad Found Out We're Irish and Not Italian." Yeah, obviously that has nothing to do with this podcast, Joe. Well, he responded to the tweet. You know. Yeah. All right. Uh, Lucifer Bruce writes, "I wish John DeGuinio, the JFK researcher." I don't know how to say the name. What? Would become famous, Joe. You sound just like him. Okay. I sound like a JFK. Finally, I sound like a smart person. All right. Uh, where are the don't breathe questions? Uh, okay, here we go. Hi from a fellow Phoenixville guy. Uh, hello, Cole. This comes from Cole Rothaker at C-O-L-E-R-O-T-H-A-C-K-E-R. Uh, I liked Don't Breathe. Wanted to know what you guys thought of the same director's Evil Dead remake. Um, loved it. I loved it. I me we mentioned it very, very briefly earlier, but I, I loved it. Um, 
and I, one of the things that keeps me loving it is the fact that I know many people that have said it was too brutal for them. They couldn't handle it. Uh, you know, my friend Jared Logan, who's a very funny comic and a writer. Love Jared. Just did his podcast, by the way. Should be out soon. Jared's a great guy. Uh, Jared had said to me, and Jared has, you know, sits through some pretty brutal stuff and has made fun of me for thinking a movie like Antichrist was extreme. Yeah. But he said that after the scene where the woman is sawing her own face off, yeah. if it got any worse, he was going to have to leave the theater because uh, it was too much uh, for him to handle. But uh, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And, and anybody... I finally get a chance to say this in a forum where it matters. Really bothered me that reviews of that film, the biggest criticism it was getting was, misses all the humor of the original. And it's like, no, no, no. The first Evil Dead doesn't have any humor in it. Right. The first yeah. one is a straight horror movie. Evil Dead 2, which is a loose sort of remake of Evil Dead 1, has humor in it. Yeah. But it's not a fucking slapstick comedy. Yeah, and also they are uh, clearly going in a different direction with the remake. It's like they're they're not trying to be funny in any way. So, what do you want? I thought honestly the kind of over the top nature of the Evil Dead remake was in its way funny. Sometimes something can be so intense that I sort of just laugh out of yeah. panic, and I was doing that in the Evil Dead remake. There was some crazy shit in it. I I much preferred watching it in a theater than I would have at home by myself. I had a good time with it. Well, the girl sawing her face off with the piece of broken glass was yeah, was, it was tough. Rough. It's tough. Uh, I also saw that movie with my friend Jim, Pinkstone, and and I remember the way the scene goes. It's black, and you just hear, <laughs> so you know what she's doing before you see it. Right. I remember him turning to me and going, "Jesus, yes." And I was honestly scared to see like what we were going to see when the lights yes, went on. Yes, that was rough. Certainly, uh, it was fantastic though. Um, okay, here's another one from Lucifer Bruise. Okay. He sent a bunch today. Discuss a remake you would like to see. Not one that succeeded, but one that almost got it right or disappointed you. So that's, you know, sort of on the topic because the Evil Dead guy did this. One yeah. that w almost got it right or disappointed. <sighs> you know, I w I I'll go ahead. You go first. A remake that got it right or almost got it right? He's saying, don't talk about a remake that got it right, but what's a remake you wish would have gotten right, but it kind of missed the point or, or missed the mark. you were disappointed in it? Uh, I mean, I, every everyone I, I'm disappointed in, it seems like to some degree. We talked at length on here about the Poltergeist remake, which is about as bad as it gets, where you take away all the heart, all the soul, you get the story wrong, you get the laughs wrong, you get everything wrong. Yeah, that was... And that's a Sam Raimi joint, too, you know? Like it I was? Yeah, he produced that. That was a real letdown, that one. And, I, I mean, there's no bigger Sam Rockwell fan on earth than me. Right. And I, I just was so disappointed at how bad that was. You know, there's there's so many horror remakes. The Stepfather remake was pretty weak. The Amityville horror remake was... I like the Amityville all remake. All right, yeah. I enjoyed the Amityville remake. And I also enjoyed the Omen remake. Yes, I like the Omen remake. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think horror is one where, more often than not, it's it's easy... If you're remaking kind of a, a a lower level horror film, which I think all the ones we just discussed are, but you can't do Poltergeist. Nobody's attempted The Exorcist. You're not going to do it better. The Shining remake you watched recently, I did not. It's got its moments. It's okay. not, and it's you know Stephen King would probably slit our throats if he heard us call it a remake. Yeah, 
you know, to he him it was, the no, the deal. proper adaptation. Right, right. I found, I've been pretty pleased with most of the horror remakes I've seen. You know, not terribly, terribly disappointed. Yeah. Uh, the two I'd like to discuss is uh, one that people hated and got panned so much that they're going to reboot it again with different people and a different crew. Uh, but I liked the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought they made Freddy scary again. Um, I thought Jackie Earl Haley was a great Freddy. I thought yeah, he looked scary. Okay. I liked the dream sequences. I thought they played good homage to the first one. Like, I liked it. I liked the I liked the twist where you kind of thought he might be innocent for a minute, and then it turns out that he wasn't. I liked all that stuff. I thought I thought they did as good a job as you probably could have with that daunting of a task. Um, you know, like the Halloween remake. I hate the Halloween remake. Again, it made me feel terrible, but I didn't hate it. But again, it's Rob Zombie doing this thing where it's like, yeah, it's so in your face depraved. Yeah. It's not enough that they're that they're a struggling family and the stepdad's kind of an asshole. Yeah. And the daughter's fucked up. But then also he hits on her. And says he wants to fuck her at breakfast or whatever. And it's like, gee, for Christ's sakes, man. Like, And was that you I discussed that, like, even the janitor that took care of him when he was a kid, he kills that guy? Yeah. Maybe, maybe and then, like, You're later. kind of like, God. That was discussed somewhere. Can you give me one moment of hope or feeling? or Yeah. That was discussed somewhere where Rob Zombie, I think, said, like, he had to do that so you knew Michael Myers was crazy or whatever. But yeah. I, 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 guess. I got it. I got but, it. like. But uh, I'll tell you my my be all end all like the I mean, uh, no remake made me more disgust. I threw it away. I threw it in the trash. Go on. It's one of the only horror movies. It's one of the only movies, period, I've ever thrown directly in the trash. Yeah. Uh, was uh, Texas Chainsaw. Not. Oh, yeah. Not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake with Jessica Biel. I like that a lot. I thought that was really good. Oh, I hated it. I like the Beale one and the beginning, which is the prequel to that, I thought was 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 passable. Texas Chainsaw, I'm talking about, the one that came out two years ago. Didn't see it. Or three years ago it was in three D. Uh what a fucking pile of shit. Yeah. What a pile of shit. The only Texas Chainsaw movie to ever use CG effects and terrible CG effects at that. Laughably like sci-fi channel bad yeah. CG effects of blood. Of blood. Why are you why are you computer generating blood right now? Is that for 3Ds? They can make it splash I out guess so. I don't yeah. fucking know. It was so dumb. Uh, there's this thing at the beginning where like, it picks up right where the original movie ended and, and this, this vigilante town, vigilante group from the town comes and they, they firebomb Leatherface's house. Okay. And then I was watching the, I was watching the, and then like Leatherface sort of becomes this like anti-hero through the movie, which fuck off. I don't want to see that. No. Uh, and then I was watching the behind the scenes vignettes or whatever and one of the producers goes, is what Leatherface's family did in the first movie horrific? Absolutely. But what those vigilantes did was worse because whether you're criminal or not, everybody deserves due process. And that's how we got due you on Leatherface's side. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? You lunatic. 
This is what happens to people <laughs> that, that somebody should talk to that guy, you know, behind bars for a minute, and make sure we're we're okay letting him out. But this is what happens to people that live in this fucking land, this fucking yeah. Hollywood for too long. Yeah. This sun eats away their goddamn brains. Yeah. They think everybody is redeemable in some way, and they go, "Well, how do we make this guy likable?" Actually, when they made that Godzilla shit remake with Matthew Broderick, yeah, and then the other shit remake with yeah, Cranston. and Broderick's was shittier. Yeah, oh yeah, they actually and and the and the monster looked nothing like Godzilla, right? And everybody's very mad, justifiably so. The lady who designed the monster goes, "We wanted a sleeker, sexier Godzilla." <laughs> she said that. It's an exact quote. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with these a people? Sexy Godzilla. So, uh, so that's my that's my one that I I really hated. But uh, you know, I, I, you know. What I want to do before we wrap this up <laughs> is I used to go through and talk about the movies I'd seen throughout the week. I haven't done that yet. I'm gonna blast them out real quick. You tell me if you've seen them or not. The Wiener documentary, fantastic. I heard it's amazing. I want to see it. It's funny. It's crazy. What he puts his wife through is. Uh, Dude, now, now, difficult is shit. Is he an anti-hero by the end of the he, movie? I wanted a sexy wiener is why I watched it, and I got it. Uh, I saw uh, The Shallows, I think I talked about on here. Pretty pretty good little thriller with Blake Lively. Worth a rent. It's not bad, folks. Sure. Not great. It's not bad. Not interested. Uh, Don't Think Twice, the improv movie that Mike Birbiglia did. How was it? Uh, I liked... I liked it. I have friends in it, so I want to see it. Chris Gethard's a good friend, and yeah. I I want to see it. To there were Chris. things in it that really kind of made me cringe, and I don't know if it was because I was relating to them or because, you know, it, as with all movies about comedy, the improv scenes themselves are kind of extremely not funny, and you can tell they're scripted. Uh, so it was hard to th- view these guys as geniuses mm-hmm. when you're not laughing at their stuff. But all the stuff in it about professional jealousy and and your friends uh taking off and stuff like that it was all very relatable and i thought it was a good movie about a subject i hadn't really seen before uh south side with you the barack obama michelle obama first date movie movie was fucking adorable yeah i don't normally call something cute <laughs> it was really cute and like like they it was you really felt almost like you were watching barack obama the actors they got for these two were incredible it's like 80 minutes long. I thought it was a very sweet movie, and I liked it okay. a lot. Now, do you think it would have been distracting had they had Jordan Peele playing Obama? <laughs> I think I would have liked film? that, too. Okay. But the guys they got, man, they, they must have been casting this thing forever because they, they really knocked it out of the park. Um, Sausage Party, I hated. Uh, you saw all these movies this week? No, over the past couple months. Okay. I, I didn't laugh at all i don't know what the reviews are about the audience i saw it with was silent as well and the group people i saw it with didn't like it um i root for comedy though so i i hate that i didn't like it but there we go war dogs i thought was fun right jonah hill is shockingly obese in it um was that for the role do you think i think he probably got super fat and then decided to say it was for the role okay but uh it's a good fellow's ripoff i think uh What's his name? That that old school. Why can't Todd Phillips? I think he really knows how to direct a movie and make it look cool. You know, it's nothing amazing, but it's a good time passer. It was fun. I wanted to see it, and uh, at the last minute, I bailed because I watched the I rewatched the trailer with my mom. We were thinking about seeing it, and as soon as I saw the the 
overhead camera shot of Jonah Hill doing coke and throwing his head back. Yeah, no. It's, HBO's vinyl style. I was like, eh, I'm, it, it, I'm not interested. There's a scene at the end where uh, the narration's like, and you know what the one thing that brought us down was? It, yeah. It's almost the exact same line as Goodfellas. Right. And I, you know. He addresses it, the camera. Yeah, it's it's fun enough, I would say. It, it's a fun, okay movie. Uh, I saw Bad Moms, which was really bad, folks, as you can imagine. I mean, but you're I, just, just, although you're... I think Mila Kunis is delightful, and I wish she got better material. I'll get. I'll say one positive. I think thing most about of the him. people in that movie are delightful. It just doesn't look like a good movie. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. And uh, I'll end on a on a real great one, which was Hell or High Water. I'm going to see that this week with Jeff Bridges. Who has either gotten older and weirder, or he's doing a character, but his voice in this thing is insane. He's like, well, I'll tell you something else, dear. He's like doing a, almost like a Walter Brennan voice. <laughs> but it's him, Ben Foster, Chris Pine. Everybody in the movie is fucking great. It's tight as shit. It's exciting. Cool dialogue. It felt like kind of like a No Country for Old Men Jr. You know, it's All not right. that good, but it's, it's great. I'm going to see that this week. Uh, when I am on the road, and well, look, what I, what did I watch all month? Because I was away. What'd you see? Scotland. Well, I saw Suicide Squad, which we discussed on the last yep. show. But I spent most of my free time when I had time to watch things, watching every single Alan Partridge thing I could find. Oh, I fucking love Alan Partridge, and I always have. All of it was streaming in Netflix on Netflix in the UK, and. It's not streaming here, and I immediately went on to Amazon to buy everything. I own it. You uh, can get a box set of everything he's done. Yeah. Partridge, uh, Saxondale, yeah. all that great shit, and it's about 60 bucks. I got it on it's order. Incredible. I got it on order. I'm getting that, and I'm getting the uh, Knowing Me, Knowing You box set. Awesome. That's in there, too. And Alpha Pop and Alpha Papa. Alpha Papa is surprisingly very funny. I love it. I've, I saw that one. That's all I'd ever seen. When of. he's crawling out the window, I think I recommended it to you, actually. When he's crawling out the window and his pants fall off and he's hanging there, <laughs> bottomless. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, look, it's it's not the most advanced <laughs> comedy, but I laugh my ass off. I think he, Steve Coogan is one of the funniest men in the world, and a guy who, outside of, like, the trip where he's playing himself and stuff he's generated himself, they never get him right. He's never had a part worthy of his skills, except, like, 24-hour party people. Or something more like a drama. I, I I I love I love I love everything I've seen the guy do. I look forward to seeing more. Yeah. Uh, and I also started watching Baskets, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Baskets is great. The Easter brunch episode is maybe the best TV episode of the year. Almost maybe emotional. Beautiful. I think Louis Anderson steals the goddamn show. He's fantastic in it. Yeah. The the gag at the drive through of, which is such a writers room gag, which made me really love it with a bunch of guys you can see the writer's room sitting around being like sure what if he just ordered every wrong soda <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like every wrong soda and then by the time it gets to schweppes uh -huh. and he's just screaming <laughs> schweppes yeah <laughs> yeah it's it was a a very strange unusual funny show and i liked it quite a bit folks that's our show today uh i have a lot to plug forgive me um I will be, uh, God, when is this coming out? This will be out next week. Look, if it hasn't passed the 15th of the month yet, I'll be in, uh, I'll be in old uh, 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 Scottsdale, Arizona at Stand Up Scottsdale. But I have a feeling this is probably coming out the week after that just happened. 
So if it is, please, October 13th, come and see my special, the taping of my one-hour Comedy Central special. Uh, It is happening in Los Angeles at the Masonic Temple uh, at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, uh, Thursday, October 13th. I believe we're going to do two shows. Go online to get tickets for that. I'll be there. Check that out. Patty Walsh will be there. Uh, And check out the new short fiction column. Uh, some severe situations. Um, I guess two or three stories are out by now, and that's on Fangoria.com as well. Uh, I am on Twitter via Instagram at the Patrick Walsh. Last time I told you I was going to be on the High and Mighty podcast. This time I'll tell you I'm going to be on the Secret Masters with Jared Logan. Uh, every week you discuss a different topic in entertainment. <laughs> this time we did mob movies. It was a lot of fun. Uh, that's all I really got. Thank you for your uh, your five-star reviews, your great comments. We love getting your feedback on Twitter. Thanks, gang. You've been listening to We'll See You in Hell, a presentation of the Fangoria Podcast Network, produced by Thomas DeFeo, executive produced by Ken Hanley of Fangoria Entertainment. For press opportunities, advertising inquiries, and information about We'll See You in Hell, contact Ken at ken at fangoria.com. <laughs>